Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your humble, happy hosts, broadcasting live from Austin, Texas, and we have got a really cool show for you today. And today's show is based, again, as every show is, on what the feedback has been from all of you. You guys are looking for some motivation. You guys are looking for a spark to keep you basically focused on making the end of this year the best year of your life knowing full well that what you do now is going to pay you massive dividends going into next year. So, Julie, welcome to today's show. Thank you. I think it's going to be a fun show. Probably is going to be a two-parter. We'll see how it goes, maybe even three. But it's a pretty important topic, so we will uh, see what we can do to get them to not just have a great show, but to implement and to monetize. Back to you. Yes. So, Julie, um, I believe you have an email or something from some students, some things we can start out with by just reading, uh, like other, you know, what other agents are thinking. Guys, listen. Anytime you need to get a hold of us, anytime you have any suggestions for the radio show, some criticisms of the radio show, people you think we should, you know, interview, whatever topic ideas you have, email me directly at tim at timandjulieharris dot com, as you guys do, or Julie at timandjulieharris dot com. We really do love hearing from you. Um, your motivation or in your feedback, both positive and negative, actually helps to make the show better. We have become what we are told are the number one you know, broadcasters specifically for agents. Now, yeah, granted, we, this is a small little niche. There's only you know, 1.2 million members in the National Association of Realtors, and you know, we believe that we have around 150, 160,000 regular listeners now. That's pretty awesome, I think. So, yeah, we're doing good. And it's because evidently we're delivering the information to you guys that you need to, you know, stay focused, get into action. If there's ever anything we can do to improve, let us know. So, Julie, you've got some cool emails to share? Yes, I have one in particular, and this is from one of our premier coaching agents. His name is Greg Durrell, and he is in the Buckley, Washington State area. So any uh, referrals going that direction, go to Greg Durrell. He wrote a very uh, great email. It just says, started coaching two months ago and had just gotten started with one BPO company since then. And I now have four in the month before I made it uh, right at $3,000 last month. And I just made 3800 doing BPOs for four companies, applying with six more so I can get more done by not having to drive around as much. Thank you very much for the help, and the coaching calls have been great. My only thing would be to, for you guys to stop talking about BPOs in your calls because who needs more competition? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> the people in my office are wondering why in the world our receptionist keeps handing me checks every few days. Now I'm focusing on applying with those companies that also give out REO assignments so that I can capitalize on that part of my market. Thank you so much for a great program. So Greg has uh, really embraced one of our founding principles, which is 
the, yes, there is a way to get checks, as he said, handed to him virtually every day. One of the things that we teach as a very viable spoke in the class is BPOs and REOs. Now, maybe that's not for everyone, but Greg has really taken that to the next level. He has created essentially a base pay for himself in real estate of $3,800 a month. Meanwhile, highly educating himself on the ability to price property and all the different areas that he services. So nice job taking action, Greg. Just thought I would share that for our listeners because we have so many questions about BPOs. What are they? How do you monetize them? That kind of thing. And Greg's a great example. So back to you, Tim. Well, that is a great example. And Julie, that is a fantastic thing for all of you guys to be thinking about. We did a survey, Jules. I actually didn't share with you the results. We're going to be talking about it on the radio mm-hmm. probably next week. So we did a survey. And um, so far, a few hundred of you guys have completed, which is a normal response. And I appreciate it. And one of the questions was basically, you know, what's your most feared time of year? And it's right now. And the answer is, and the reason is, obviously, is because because you're concerned about the, you know, your perceptions of the markets not as abundant as in the um, the spring. In most markets, that's true. I'm not arguing with you guys. It is harder to put a deal together this time of year. There's a lot of other excuses that are, you know, inbred to this time of year, the holidays and the this is and the that's. I get it. I understand. Makes total sense. But that doesn't mean you can't earn money. And Greg's email is a testament to the fact that all of you guys, if you're fearful of basically your cash flow over, like, say, the next 90 days. That doesn't give you an excuse not to do anything. Go and do learn how to do PPOs. It's not difficult. And as Julie alluded to, the cool thing about doing VPOs is you become an absolute pricing market master. It gives you a sense of confidence. You know, there's nothing that's going to screw your chances of being successful more in real estate than not knowing the market. When you know the market, you will be like you know, climbing out of your skin trying to talk with people about what's going on with prices and, you know, markets and houses that sold recently and cost per foot and all the rest of it. You literally become a market expert. Isn't that what people expect you to see anyway? So, you know, the cool thing about BPOs is you get paid. On the low end, it's usually 45 bucks. On the high end, it's over 100 You know, we have agents that are getting paid hundreds of dollars to do a single BPO. So if you're worried about your cash flow, guys, absolutely positively do BPOs. Showing you how to do BPOs, showing you how to actually do BPOs, broker price opinions quickly is part of the Premier Coaching Program. If you've not done so yet, remember, the Premier Coaching Program, if you choose to use their student approval program, will get you into the program regardless of your past credit history. You don't even need any money to get started with the coaching program, and it's only $99 a month, and there's no payment for the first 30 days. I mean, we've literally made it as easy for you as we possibly can. It's all the scripts, all the objection handlers. We give you over 50 different ways to generate leads, and the first like dozen literally don't cost you any money. So you can get started learning how to basically generate your own business, BPOs as an example, and not have to pay a nickel and earn money along the way. Break free of the paradigm that you have to buy leads, guys. That is the fallacy of this industry right now, and so many agents are, you know, guys, lead quality, has it improved or has it gone down, those of you who are buying leads? In many markets, it's stayed about the same, right? The lead quality hasn't all of a sudden gone through the roof. It's stayed about the same. But have you noticed the leads you're buying, the people are less urgent than they were, say, two years ago? It's because what's happening is the leads are becoming harder to find, and so the companies, the boom towns, the conversions, all these other companies, they're having to basically go and run ads to generate those leads for you guys. And the leads that they're generating are people that are not looking to buy within 30 to 60 days, but are looking to buy within 180 days. So the quality has gone down in the sense that the people's motivation isn't as good as it was. Have you noticed that? And at the same time, have you noticed that the cost is actually increasing? So you're now getting essentially buyers and seller leads that are further out into the future 
that are actually costing you more. At what point are you going to say is enough is enough and learn how to get this business yourself? It's not difficult, guys, I promise you. So look, fill out that form that's right there on the website. Name, email, phone number. We'll call you right back. When you do so, we're also going to give you those um, those books. And when you get a call back, uh, one of our coaches, is get, our enrollment coaches, is going to have a conversation with you about the coaching program, but also get you started on completing the Real Estate Treasure Map, which is your 2017-2018 business plan. So take it seriously, guys. This is a perfect time of year to get your head screwed on straight and create your roadmap to success. We've done all the heavy lifting for you. Now all you have to do is raise your hand, fill out that form, and we'll take it from there. So, Julie, let's just jump right to our points. And this is the conversation today that we're having with you guys today and tomorrow is about your thinking, your mindset. And this is something that is uh, interesting when you have this conversation with people because everyone's been exposed to this concept, but it depends on when you were exposed to it last as to whether or not it had a meaningful, lasting effect. So open your mind to what we're going to talk with you about, and please set aside your inner skeptic. Please set aside your, you know, your filters. Please set aside your preconceived notions and open your mind to the possibilities of what the topic is today, and it's scarcity versus abundance, and we're going to share with you specific ways to identify. If you, Everyone's going to say, oh, I'm, a, I'm a, an abundance thinker. I'm here to tell you guys that 99% of the thoughts you have are going to be scarcity-based, and we're going to prove it to you, and we're going to tell you what you can do about it to fix it. Go ahead, Jules. That's right. So I started out with a quote from Stephen Covey. It goes like this. Most people are deeply scripted in what he calls the scarcity mentality. They see life as having only so much as though there were only one pie out there. And if someone were to get a bigger piece of the pie, it would mean less for everyone else. The scarcity mentality is the zero-sum paradigm of life. People with a scarcity mentality have a very difficult time sharing recognition and credit, power or profit, even with those who have helped in the production of that. The, they also have a very hard time being genuinely happy for the success of other people. So we probably could stop just on that Stephen Covey quote, because how many times do we all have to deal with that as we see success in real estate? How many people have a hard time seeing you genuinely happy for your success? And sometimes even ourselves in real estate, we have you know, some jealousy towards other successful agents. So that comes from a scarcity mentality. So if you have a mindset of scarcity, you believe that money, friends, success, and promotion are all scarce. You believe that there simply aren't enough of these things for everyone to have a chance. It affects your thoughts, actions, outlook, as well as the perception that you have of and by everyone else. If you're scarcity-minded, your thoughts revolve around not having enough, not being enough, and usually also that this isn't your fault. There's a strong sense of victimhood in, in you if you are of this mindset. The scarcity mindset keeps you away from saving, for example. You find it challenging to save both time and money because both are scarce to you. If you have either, you spend it immediately before something happens to it. And with regards to real estate, it's an interesting dichotomy. Because commissions seem scarce to you, you can tend towards the more aggressive side, which sometimes serves you well, but often bites you in the business suit. So I wrote down 11 ways, Tim. There's, of course, a lot more than that, but 11 ways to know if you fall into that scarcity mindset in your real estate practice specifically. And you know, Tim, I'm sure you'll agree that it's not all the time in real estate. It's not every waking moment, but sometimes when we get overwhelmed or we get tired or the market shifts that we can fall into this. So I wrote that if you can answer yes to even half of these 11 points, you probably have a mindset challenge that's got to be corrected prior to being able to get to whatever that listener's next level is. Does that make sense? 
It does. And so if the first point that we wrote down is you have no savings. Now, that's kind of an interesting like you know, paradigm shift maybe with your mindset about scarcity or abundance. And maybe some of you guys are thinking, well, the only reason you would want to have savings, and this is, this is some people's thoughts, so I'm just exposing you guys to some fallacies of folks thinking. The only reason you want to have uh, savings, Tim, is because you're, you, know, you have a scarcity mindset that somehow the sky is going to fall and you need to have reserves and the rest of it. Okay? <clears throat> some of you actually think that way, and that's your excuse to not have any savings. I've heard agents say that for years. But here's a suggestion for you. If you have, say, 90 days, then maybe six months worth of personal and uh, business reserves, it actually gives you more confidence. It actually makes you stronger on the phone. So the exact opposite of what a lot of you guys believe to be true, and we're going to talk about you know, the fact that a lot of people, really your relationship, your, your financial personality profile really comes down to two things. Are you motivated when you don't have um, essentially enough money? Or is that motivate you when your back's in a corner and you're actually feeling financial stress? Or does that shut you down because you, can abs- you, you get super myopia and you can't actually work and you get frustrated and the world seems to be crashing in on you? So when you basically are under financial stress, a lot of you guys listening right now, do your best work. You actually get off your asses. You actually take your things to the next level. You get things done like you've never gotten things done before. Where others of you, when you're under financial stress, you shut down. You get fearful. You get scared. You actually make your you – know, you can make your situation worse because you're not taking enough action. Whichever bucket you fall into, the key thing is to know which bucket you fall into. Don't deny it. Don't fight it. Just look how you've reacted to financial stress in the past, and then use it for your advantage, but don't abuse it so that it ends up hurting you. We're going to talk more about that in the subsequent points. Point number two, Julie. Point number two, you may be scarcity-minded if you believe there's only so much money to go around and often get into conflict over commissions, both with clients and with other agents, and you're a fan of the procuring cause argument, right? These agents sometimes will try and, you know, it's been your client all along, but because they happen to know them through a friend of a friend that they're owed that commission. This kind of manifests in lots of different ways, but conflict over commissions is often due to a scarcity mentality because there's only that commission to go around. It's the only commission in play right now. It's not the belief that there's always more, and you can create more commission this afternoon if you feel like it. So point number three, you may be scarcity-minded. Julie, don't bounce. Remember we talked about that. So guys, go back to that previous point that Julie just said because that manifests itself in other ways as well. So for example, if you believe that for someone to have something that you don't have, they had to take it from somebody else, that goes back to Julie's point is you only think the pie is so big. If you actually believe, then, you know, I've actually had experiences, guys, where I've been, and Julie and I have been on downtown Austin, and we've been in a crowd of people at some event, and there's been some guy who's driven past in some Bentley or a Rolls Royce or whatever it was, and I've actually heard people say Something to the effect of imagine how many people that person had to screw in order to get that particular whatever it is. So their belief is, their socialized belief is, is there's only so much to go around in order for rich people to have what they have. They had to take it from other people. All of us, especially, you know, if you're frankly younger than about 35, you've been raised to believe that. You've gone to school to believe that. I mean, while you were in school, you've been indoctrinated into that kind of scarcity thinking. That is wrong. It is absolutely positively not true. You know, you got to address that if that's what's holding you back. It, it really is interesting, you know, having coached for as long as we have. You can have conversations with folks, and it's just, it becomes just like a shock of, you know, 
an epiphany when you're running into somebody who literally has spent their whole lives believing that in order for them to get rich, they had to hurt somebody else. They actually believe that there's only so much to go around, and they have to take it from – guys, think about this. What effect is even having a little bit of that mindset having on your life? Because here's the reality. If you don't have the life that you want, the things that you want, the experiences that you want, if you're not experiencing the abundance that is our lives, it's simply for the fact that you are struggling to accept the fact that the more folks you help at a high level, in other words, the more folks you help to accomplish their goals, the more of your goals you're going to accomplish. It's that simple. I remember Julie and I were speaking at a real estate conference, and this was actually in L.A., so we were using actors as an example. I remember it just came out that Tom Cruise got paid. I don't remember how much it was for, you know, and people were like, oh, my God, Tom Cruise, how could he possibly be getting paid $30 million plus? How can he be, quote, worth that, right? Right, right, right. That's what they say. And I said, well, here's the reason why. It's because he's going to go and he's going to do this performance, and he's going to end up basically making you know, millions of people feel a certain way by watching him. So for two hours, you're going to watch Tom Cruise playing this role, and you're going to all of a sudden you know, be a you're going to, you know, women are going to, you're going to have this escapism. You're going to essentially be almost in a, med, a meditative state as you watch this movie. It's the same bra- wavelengths as meditation when you're watching something or reading something. It's the reason people like to consume media like that because it does kind of transcend you. So in any event, you know, that's why. It's because he's able to make millions of people feel a certain way. He's delivering what enough people feel to be about 8 to $12 worth of value, i.e. a moving tic- a movie ticket, and that's the reason that he has you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, I'm sure. You guys get it? Why is it that a doctor in your marketplace is super successful and, and has been able to have a wonderful life? It's because he's helped thousands of people. Maybe he discovered something. Maybe he's just some guy that you know, does the best quality, whatever he does in the world. That's why. So if you're living a life of scarcity right now, it's not because the man has taken it from you. It's because you just haven't accepted the fact that you need to become the best at whatever you decide you're going to be the best at. In this case, hopefully it's being a real estate, uh, you know, a real estate agent, being a real or being of service to other people. And when you do, the other side of that, guys, is unlimited abundance. Next point, Julie. Point number three, you may be scarcity-minded when you don't use buyer's agency because you're scared of losing the commission to an agent who doesn't use agency agreements. So, Tim, how might that be a manifestation of a scarcity mentality? Because, you know, agents will defend this to the death. I don't do it because I don't want to lose the client over it. I'm not going to ask them to commit to me. What's the same? It's the same exact agents that will go out there and basically give. You know, they're they're, uh, they're running nonprofits, right? They're running real estate nonprofits. Yeah. So go out and meet with sellers. They'll give decorating tips, pricing tips. They'll tell them exactly what to do. They'll do all this, but they'll never ask them to sign the contract. You know, the the mindset is is if I actually ask somebody to commit to me, I'll lose that lead, and then I'll have to go out there and basically try to tr- create another one. It's when you guys get a buyer lead or a seller lead. I mean, an unscripted, unprofessional agent, when they get somebody on the phone, if they actually call them back, you know, they're going to have a conversation about everything, you know, everything you can possibly imagine except a commitment. Why is that? It's because you believe that there's a scarcity of leads. That's why. You believe leads are hard to come by. You believe they're difficult to get. Buyer leads, guys, for every – if you have one listing and you just do a minimal level of marketing, you'll probably generate in 30 days, if you just do a minimal level of marketing, at least 30 or 40 leads that cost you nothing to generate. That's it. That's the mindset. There's so many leads everywhere. In real estate, here's the cool thing about selling real estate. I don't know if you guys have really thought about this. Actually, you know who said this really well is uh, 
uh, one of our superstars, Frederick Eklund. You guys know him from Million Dollar Listing or Selling New York Million, whatever it is. So anyway, Frederick, we have him on the radio, and, he's, and he and I were talking about this sort of concept, abundance versus scarcity. And he said, every day when I walk down the streets of Manhattan, every single person to my left, to my right, every person all around me, is a potential real estate customer. They all have something to sell. They're all renting something. They all want to buy something, want to buy something else. They know somebody wants to sell. They know somebody wants to buy. Literally, I cannot have a conversation or cannot meet a single soul that is not in or wants to be in the real estate business or in the market. You guys get it? Do you get that? Now, if you guys were selling jets or Ginsu knives or if you're selling vacuum cleaners or insurance or something else, that's not true. Not everybody's going to be in the market to buy a new lawnmower, right? But everybody, to Frederick's point, such a good point, is in the market already because they have to ha- live someplace. That's a mindset of abundance. Adopt it, guys. And when you do find people that want to do business that are actually serious after you pre-qualify them using our script, do ask them to commit. That is your job. Don't work for free. Otherwise, you're running a real estate nonprofit. Julie, number four. Point number four, you lose listings over, quote, sticking to your guns on commission. You'd rather be right or righteous about your commission than give a little to make a deal happen. So I think this is such a kind of a counterintuitive thing with scarcity mentality, right? Agents get such an ego over, oh, I walked away from the listing because they wouldn't give me my full rate versus doing the deal to help them out, especially if they're going to buy with you, you know? So that actually keeps them in scarcity because they walked away truly with nothing except a big ego stroke that they were able to say no to somebody. Is, well, but I mean, you know, how do you reconcile that? Balance, Tim? That seems kind of balance odd the commission thing, right? Balance the commission thing. So uh, first of all, coaching clients, make sure you're using the flexible fee commission thing. Here's a little known fact. If you're actually paying attention, coaching clients, 99.9% of the deals you'll do will be always at the prevailing rate of commission in your marketplace. But by just by offering the sellers a flexible fee commission, uh, you knock the seller, you knock the discount brokers out. You see, the discount brokers never, never have anything on a full service broker ever, except a discount commission. That's it. That's all they got. Usually, that is all that they're offering. Generally speaking, their salespeople aren't better, their marketing's not better, their websites aren't better. Nothing is better except they're offering a discount. There are always going to be a certain percent of people that think that, you know, essentially that's the best and most important thing is offering a discount. Offer a flexible fee commission structure so when you have that seller on the phone, you know, I'm going to be listing with Help You Sell or I'm going to be listing with ABC Realty because they offer a discount. Well, Mr. Seller, you'll be happy to hear that you can actually have all the benefits of the discount broker and still have the full service uh, services that I provide because we offer a flexible fee commission structure. And that will be the first thing we talk about when I see you at your house today at 5 o'clock or would 5.30 be better for a quick pop-in. Guys, use the program. It works. No, we're not telling you to cut your commission. Now, but Julie, that also goes with setting a price on a listing. Some of you guys mm-hmm. will go to the mat and lose listings over, you know, I had a coaching call actually uh, earlier today, and the guy lost a listing. This was a new coaching client. He, you know, I was helping another coach out, The coach, this other coach is at the doctor, so I basically am a sub coach. I'm having this call. And I, you know, I don't know this agent. It's a new, new basic person to our, our system. And I'm having this call with him. And this is how the call went, listeners. He said, I turned down a listing. It was like $3.5 million. And he turned it down because they wouldn't list at my price. I was with another coaching company, and they said, if I can't list, if you can't list within 5% of the correct price, you should just tell the seller to go pound dirt. That's what he said. 
okay, I'm listening to this whole thing. And then I said, okay, so what uh, was the seller's motivation? Well, the seller had already basically moved. They're moving cross-country. Okay, do they have a relocation deal? Are they going to be bought out? Is there any kind of you know financial thing that would make it so that they're not as motivated to say it seems like they should be? Nothing. These sellers have to sell. They're going to be carrying two houses. You know, they have enough equity to sell. They have something like, you know, a million and a half in equity in this place. They have room to adjust the price. Perfect. So then I said, well, tell me exactly what happened. Well, based on this last coach I had at this other coaching company, they told me if I couldn't list within 5% that I shouldn't take the price. I say, so how did that work out? Well, another agent listed at a higher price. Now, they hadn't sold it yet, but they will, the other agent. And I said, well, why didn't you just take take the listing? Uh, at the price that the seller wanted with the expectation in writing that you are going to reposition the house on the market after two weeks or 10 showings or in that market, probably more like, you know, maybe three weeks and, you know, whatever. We could have adjusted ever so slightly. It didn't have to be two weeks or 10 showings. It could have been 30 days or three showings or whatever because the price range less activity, right, listeners? So I asked him, well, why didn't you just say that? And he goes, I, I could have said that. I, I, I mean, literally, guys, he lost a listing yeah. where he could have made $100,000 because he wanted to be right about the price. In a changing market like this, don't try to be right about the price. Pre-qualify the heck out of every seller. Know what their motivation is. And if you do have to take things that are not in perfect alignment with whatever your dream price would be, take it, but tell them and put it in writing. Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact that your house – you know that you you see, and I can now see after having seen the house, why well, you think the house is worth 10% over whatever the CMA is telling us. Don't say my CMA, say the CMA, or say what the market is telling us. I can see now that I've been in your house where you see the extra value. It's a fantastic property, no doubt, Mr. Seller. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and list it at the price that you have in mind, but after, say, two weeks or 10 showings, if we don't have a real written verified offer, if we don't actually have a real contract on the property, Mr. Seller, that we agree to reposition the house on the market so that we correctly reflect the market's expectations. Does that make sense? Well, yes, of course, but we'll have to talk about it first. That's problem. That's no problem, Mr. Seller, whatsoever. So let's go ahead and get the paperwork out of the way, and then I'm going to have you sign this supplemental thing. It's just a, you know, basically a price uh, position, a repositioning form, price reduction form, listeners, and it's going to say we're going to go from, say, you know, $3.5 million to, say, uh, $3.25 million in 30 days, but I'll certainly call and let you know before we do it. Make sense? Perfect. And in the meantime, I'm going to do everything I normally do to get the property sold, obviously holding nothing back, and you're going to get everything, all the – you know, so no worries whatsoever. If you, you know, boom, bada bang. Guys, see what I did there? I gave the seller what they wanted. To ha- what they wanted. I didn't go at. You know, I wasn't at odds with their ego. I set an expectation when the uh, price was going to get lowered. Notice I didn't say lower the price. Are you are you paying attention, listeners? I said repositioning. <laughs> the house on the market to correctly reflect the buyer's expectations. Never say lower the price. There's not a seller that's ever existed that does not instantly hate you when you say lower the price. So it's reposition the house on the market to correctly reflect the buyer's expectation. And that is the conversation you have in a changing market like this because so many sellers are still, you know, slowly rowing up the river of denial. If you're in Manhattan, prices have dropped 30%. If you're in uh, Miami Beach, prices have dropped by 30%. If you're in certain parts of L.A., Prices are dropping right now. On all the rest of the country, price adjustments are coming to you and very soon. So pay attention. Julie, next point and our last point. Well, so so let me just hover on one key thing that got you into those scripts, just so that they're clear. 
We're not saying list anything at any price. You asked a key question, what's the seller's motivation? They had already moved. Somebody was going to make a commission. It might as well be you. If instead you had gotten an answer, well, I'll only move if I get my price, then that opens up for further discussion. You still shouldn't just summarily walk away, but ask more questions. So motivation is the driving factor over anything else. You know, it's, it's related to agents walking away because they didn't like the house. So I just remind them, you're not buying it. You don't have to live there, right? So anyway, I just had to hover on the motivation issue. Okay, point number five, you are immune to goal setting. Ah, oh, this is a scarcity-minded thing. How many times have we heard coaching clients resist this? They'll say something like, well, goal setting isn't for me. I've just never been a goal setter. So why do people go down that path when they're surrounded by, I mean, we have lots of podcast interviews with people who have been goal setters and have met or exceeded those goals. So Tim, why do you think the scarcity minded are so immune to goal setting? And they say things like, it's just not for me. I've never been a real goal setter. Well, because most people never uh, – it's the same – look, guys, goals for the most part are a waste of time to write down unless you have an action plan that's going to back them up. I'm going to say that again. The reason you guys have failed, and most of you, at setting and achieving goals consistently isn't because you have, don't have the ability to accomplish goals. It's because you don't have the action plan to accomplish the goal that you're setting. It's not more difficult than that. Eliminate all this other bullshit about goals. Do not, you know, deep dive into the, you know, Pandora's box of all these other little mindset things. Just give yourself a break. Don't make it so damn hard. If you have a specific goal, so goals must be measurable, specific, and written down regularly or at least reviewed regularly. But when you take a goal, and you can choose whatever goal you want to have. Let's say, for example, you want to save $10,000 this month, okay? You know, here's a fun, here's a fun what I do. All right, if you guys had... This is just the proof of how powerful and effective goal setters you guys really are. If we had a competition here at Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching that you, listener, were to, achieve, were, were to earn, get a bonus of $100,000 if within the next 60 days you take 20 listings. So $100,000 bonus in the next 60 days and you have to take 20 listings. 20 new listings, none of your existing leads count. How would you do it? How would you do it? Now, here's what's magical about setting something like that. What did I do? I set a specific goal, $100,000. I spent a specific deadline, 60 days, and now we're going to create the action plan. The action plan right now, as you're thinking about it, every single one of you listening is just materializing in your head. Don't you feel the words? Isn't it kind of almost creepy how it doesn't matter how long you've been in the business or not, how you automatically are thinking of ways that you'd go about taking listings? That's the power of setting a goal with an action plan with a deadline. No action plan, no deadline. So what's your action plan? You're going to learn. You're going to actually embrace everything we show you in Premier Coaching. You're going to do the specific 90-day action plan items that are part of the uh, Premier Coaching program. Clients, make sure you're using the 90-day massive action plan. It's right there. Download it. Follow the procedures. That's going to walk you through everything you should be doing every single day. But what you're really going to do more than anything else is you're not going to quit until you accomplish your goal. Isn't that it? Isn't that the heart of it? You're going to admit when you're being lazy. You're going to own it when you basically know you're being a slacker. You're not going to make excuses. You're going to focus all your best energies on that goal. So if you've had goals in the past or if you think goals are you know, things you should have but they haven't ever really happened in your life, 
have specific goals, but then create deadlines. That's the most important thing, by the way. And then create action plans how to accomplish it. There's literally nothing in this life, guys, literally nothing in this life that you can't accomplish. As, you know, some of the goals you might have, maybe you want to buy a private jet, okay? And maybe the private jet's going, you're going to buy a used one. You know, say you're going to spend, I don't know, seven, eight million, ten million dollars. Maybe that's so far out of the realm of consideration for you right now. It just is like, what the hell are you talking about? But here, I'm going to do it with you guys again. And we're going to play this little game. What has to happen? If your goal is to be able to have your private jet, so anytime you want to, you can call your private jet pilot. You could say, hey, dude, <laughs> whatever you're, you know, I want to fly to wherever today. I gas the jet up. I'm going to be there in an hour. And you want to have that lifestyle. That's how you want to live. What has to happen before you can actually feel comfortable easily affording that type of expense? Okay? You're going to end up researching it. You're going to read about it. You're going to study it. You're going to know it. You're going to make your plan. You're going to start setting some deadlines, and you're going to have some goals. When you're starting out with goal setting, use the real estate treasure map and set small goals, small achievable goals, especially if you haven't been setting and accomplishing goals for a long time. Set small achievable goals. That way you can see the, how powerful you truly are. Guys, listen. You are in the right place at the right time. You're in the right industry. I honestly believe there's no better industry than selling real estate, especially in a changing market. A changing market is an absolute gift to the gods for, for folks like you that are willing to essentially get your education on and then take action. So by all means, don't back off. Drill down, focus, gear up, hit the highest altitude you possibly can. Now, don't wait until the spring. Huge mistake if you wait until the spring. Julie, any closing thoughts as we wrap for today's show? Well, I think it comes down to a combination of avoidance of accountability because when you have a non-scarcity mindset, it means you have to take action. So I think certain people hide out in that scarcity mindset, maybe subconsciously. I don't think anybody wakes up and says, all right, I'm going to believe in scarcity today. But I think ultimately it comes down to accountability and taking action. The good news is none of this, this is that difficult. It might be difficult taking that first step, but once you put one foot in front of the other, especially when you get support and help from coaching, for example, from listening to these podcasts every day, it's not as hard as maybe you've made it out into your mind. So if these points are resonating with you guys, Whatever, maybe it's not every single point. Maybe there was something where you said, you know what? Yeah, sometimes I do think like that. That's really getting in my way. Make the commitment to do something about that and ask for help if you need it. So we'll continue this tomorrow. I believe we've got a few more points to go. And then we will also, we've been talking about how do you know if you're in a scarcity mindset. We're going to also talk about how to get into more of an abundance mindset. So I'm looking forward to those future podcasts with you, Tom. Yep, me as well. And we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow, guys. If you ever need us for anything, what do you do? You email us. Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. Guys, we're here for you. We love what we do. Um, and, yeah, anytime we can ever do anything for you, reach out. We're here. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.